1: Hey everybody, this is Quentin Flynn and you are tuned in to The Geek Show. It rocks. You roll. Got it memorized?
2: Welcome to the Geek Show uh, on, uh, is it the 1st of September? It is, yeah. It is the 1st of September. Remember, remember the 1st of September. Yes, uh, any visitors to the website will have seen the new post about the local competition that was announced at WonCon last week as an exclusive. Oh, it's yeah. going to run for the entirety of September, which, you know, damn, I forgot to put that on the post. <laughs> <laughs> I'll modify it later on. <laughs> And it's cool. There's lots of goodies and prizes to give away.
3: For more them. to be added. I've only put Ooh. a sample
2: list on that post. Oh wow. right? the sample, its already good already. Uh, what uh, all of the prizes that are on that post—the Brook Money, uh, the Soul King Money Box, and the uh, figures and everything like that—that's only a selection of what will uh, of the final prize package for the winner. Wow! Even more for the person yes. who wins it. Well, we do yes, love to give back more. to our. Fans. Um, well, there's a few. Uh, there's a few. Who have yet to donate their prizes. I'm picking up another bunch of uh, prizes on Tuesday to add to it. So, yes. There will be more added to it. So, watch that post for updates. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. The whole point of the competition is simple. Design us a new logo. Yep. The rules are very straightforward. Must include the Geek Show TM. Yep. Must uh, include the rest of the rules that are on there. I can't remember them all. Anyway... We're joined today by Mr. Dave Hodgson from OneCon. Hello, again. How are you doing, Dave? Not bad today, not bad. Not bad?
4: Yep, everything's done with the con, can just chill for a bit. Except for all the plans and everything for next year.
3: No rest for the wicked?
2: <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, how
3: are you anyway, Chris? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you doing? guys? I hear you're aching. I am hurting. I got through around like a rag doll yesterday. Trading to be Batman is pretty tough. It's taking its toll. Sorry. Training to be Batman is pretty tough. Training to be Batman. Yeah, man. Why are you training to be Batman? Well, I'm not really, but like, you know, it sounded better than just saying I'm learning Brazilian jiu-jitsu you're learning and Brazilian Thai boxing. So, yeah. Sorry, I just can't
2: get over the words uh, Chris McGuinness and Brazilian. Mm, well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, leave, leave it to everyone's imagination. <laughs>
2: Sorry, did I just lower the tone? Uh,
3: no, you outdid me for a change, well not
2: <laughs> I take that as a compliment. Oh, it's a big compliment. Yeah, today um, is going to be a slightly odd show. It's not going to be the usual type of show because we've got so many reviews to get through. No, know, it's crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's a major release day mm-hmm. for games on Friday. Yep. Um, I think it was 8... Big titles that came out on and Friday, ooh. and we've got a whole bunch of them to review. So I'll look forward to that. We do have reviews of uh, Lost Planet 3, One yeah. Piece, Pirate Warriors 2, Raven ah. Legends, Split and Cell Blacklist, which we were supposed to review the week before. Again? Yeah, wow. uh, We were supposed to review Split and Cell Blacklist the week before, but we didn't get it off Ubisoft in time. I see. Um, what mm-hmm. else? Killer okay. is Dead, oh. Etrian Odyssey 4 from mm-hmm. NIS America. Look forward to that one. That one's a good game. Sure. Um, so, yes. We've got all sorts, and all the anime reviews and movie reviews and Definitely. all sorts. Um, but yeah, starting off, as always, with the news. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. our lead story is Growing Brains. Well, you Not know, that our lead story is actually Growing Brains, but... What well, most of the general public could do with this. Yes. Um, scientists at the Institute, Institute of Molecular Biotechnology of the Austrian Academy of Science have successfully created cerebral organoids, little balls of brain, just a few millimetres in size, that have actu- that actually have the same distinct defi- uh, defined sections that a real developing brain would have. Ooh. And I managed to create them all in a test tube. Hmm. So, yeah. You know that that movie, Steve Robots Martin? Robots with brains. No, you know the Steve Martin movie, The Man with Two Brains? Mm-hmm. Might not be a myth for much longer.
3: It would be like that Doctor Who guys where they walk around with it in their hands. The Ood, yeah. The Ood. I can never remember their names. There's so many characters, <laughs> monsters and creatures. I remember the Ood. How bad am I with names, though? seriously? This is true. One day, Chris is terrible with names. <laughs> I feel bad for the people who standing orders at work and they come up to go, "Hey, can I get my comics?" I'm like, "Sure." What's your name?
2: You've oh, me you for know three me, years. Chris. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I know your face. It'll happen to you as well. He called me. He he he. He spent one day calling me Steve, Jeff, Dave. Frederick. Yep. Sean.
4: Have, has no one realised my
2: system? Sally. Sally was a classic, yeah. It was classic. I
4: don't remember anyone's name. I call everyone dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good system. It
2: works. Dude. Yes. Dude. dude. The female. Yes. So, so, Doulette for it, the ah, females. I didn't think of that one. It
4: stretches. It's, it's flexible, the system. It is. Yeah. See, it's I'm automati-
2: As much as I hate to admit it, and as much as I, di- I don't really like Ashton Kutcher, I'm automatically thinking, dude, where's my car? Dude. <laughs> Shibby. What does mine say,
4: dude? Mine saying sweet.
2: All <laughs> <laughs> of oh, the childishness is is rampant. I'm going to watch that when I go home.
3: <laughs> the Get dude is strong in this one. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, I want this And set. then there's the Big Lebowski. I want this, Who can like, forget the Big Lebowski? Track Excellent suits. film. <laughs> uh, what? What? I want one of those Adidas tracksuits that they've got. Man, they look pimping, especially with those. Oh, packs. with all them pockets. Oh man. <laughs> uh, and that cube, the Mister cube. The erotic cube.
4: Oh, man. Dude Where's My Car is on Netflix. Big Lebowski isn't. I think I'm just going to throw yeah, my pizza in
3: the ceiling and just hopefully it does the same. Stays there for a while. Pizza slice lands and I can continue a conversation with my girlfriend. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, um, get my words right. Almost each like. of these cerebral organoids is the equivalent of the sort of brain you'd expect to find in a nine-week-old embryo. Ah. Yeah.
4: So do these have potential to develop further, or is this as far as they're going to go?
2: Well, they're developing, but not quite developed. Um, they do have the potential to develop further, but more research is needed to facilitate that. And need a person to learn things. But the, the amazing thing is the fact that they've actually managed to grow a brain, something as complex as a brain. And when you think about it, in terms of the human body, it's possibly the most complex thing in the human body, because they still don't understand how it works. Well, there's so much of it just unused. Like, yes. you know,
3: I haven't yet cracked into my telekinesis, but when I do, it should be fun.
2: <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, were you, tr- were you just trying to do the whole, uh, you know, this uh, was it scanners or trances where they do that to blow up someone's brain? Actually, yeah, I think he was doing Professor Xavier.
4: yeah just trying a bit of telepathy X-Men first
3: class no one can know I'm using my powers till I put my two fingers on my head (laughs) now look intensely just for people who are listening use your imagination and now I'm controlling you see
4: a very groovy mutation
2: I hate to say it but a mate of mine used to have that exact same expression when he was constipated I thought
4: you were
3: going to say (laughs) pooping. no constipated I'm going to do that sometime. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not trying to read your mind. I'm constipated.
2: Yes. It's that statue of It the works for you're...
3: pooping as well, because that's an even more of an intense look, especially if you had a curry. <laughs> yeah. I will move this can from one room to my hand.
2: Need more fibre. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: Weetabix, leave the cupboard.
2: <laughs> no, it's bran flakes. That's what you need.
3: <laughs> but Weetabix tastes better.
2: With sugar on it. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Oh, controlling yeah. humans. So do you guys remember uh a couple of weeks ago we talked about uh controlling a rat's tail mm-hmm. with the power of your mind. Yes. Uh, look, the tail of a living rat, not a dead one. Has Have it moved to its feet now? No. They've actually managed to control another human being using this using a similar process.
3: What sort of person would volunteer for this? I hope yes. they pay as well.
2: Um Basically, it's researchers at the University of Washington trust the Americans to be looking at this. Uh, They figured out how to send commands from one person's brain to control a different person's muscle movement. Uh, In technical terms, it's the world's first non-invasive human-to-human brain interface. So you can make someone poop without, you know... Eventually, (laughs) yes.
3: Like, I need to poop, but I'll
2: clench. No, you won't! (laughs) 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 Awkward moment on the bus for you. Eventually, yes. I mean, it does involve you wearing all sorts of EEG-type headgear and stuff like that. But oh, they, can, uh,
4: they can make that less, less, less obvious in time. Yeah. It'll, It'll be it like
2: mobile like phones and Google Glass. To be honest, they're probably Beats. Oh, my God, no. No, the last thing they want to do is incorporate this technology into Google Glass. Oh, God, yeah. That would be horrible. Wait, do you remember Nightmare? Yeah. If they did a remake of Nightmare
4: with this, that would oh be God. amazing. That would be amazing. So just, like, the people control they the think The thing
2: could work. Yeah. you could actually do the two fingers on the temple and go and that intense look of concentration go left turn left
4: turn no, left the other left
2: <laughs> yes no not your left my
0: left
4: <laughs> oh it'd just be
2: awful though nightmare would turn into carnage <laughs> it already was yeah I know but it was a kids game show I was surprised when they revived that for the geek week that was pretty good, actually.
4: Really? For, for some somehow the the was it name Tragar or something? The the presenter. Yeah. He he remained constant. He seems exactly as he was in the old one.
2: Yeah. He was he's a classic though. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, computational neuroscientist Rajesh Rao sat wearing an an electroencephalography cap which measures the brain's electrical activity, Dr. Rao watched a simple computer game firing a cannon at a target. At the right moment, Dr. Rao imagined moving his right hand to hit the fire button, being sure not to actually move his hand. Across the campus, Dr. Rao's colleague, Professor and- uh, Andreas Stocco, wore a cap holding a transcranial magnetic stimulation coil, which sits on the scalp and stimulates muscle control regions of the brain with a magnetic impulse. He wore noise-blocking earplugs and faced away from the video screen Signals sent from Dr. Rao's cap traveled through the internet and triggered Dr. Stocco's cap. Dr. Stocko's cap, sorry. The result, Dr. Stocco's finger hit the fire button on Dr. Rao's command. Hmm. That's not a good example to use, especially when we have so many uh, potential missiles flying about in the Middle East these days. We need a magneto. No, we don't. We That's don't. the last thing we need.
4: Dr. Manhattan.
2: Yeah.
3: (laughs) No, we don't. We don't need a a floating guy with his blue penis out everywhere.
2: (laughs) Hello, Rob. Uh, You walked in just at that comment. Hello.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just to recap, blue penis.
2: No! Enough. (laughs) Naughty Chris, go stand in the corner. Who watches The Watchmen? Perverts. (laughs) Right, anyway, moving on, just like graphene. Right, uh, this one's, uh, anyone who's interested in metallurgy or construction or something like that, um, basically they found a way to make normal metals, like copper and stuff like that, 500 times stronger Ooh. by just adding nano layers of graphene. They'll basically layer it up and layer it up and layer it up until it's like you've got your normal copper wire, but it's 500 times stronger than a normal copper wire, so... You know, uh, you know when you have the... Uh, have you seen Hard Boiled? Bear. Is that Hard Boiled? It's uh, the Chai Yun-Fat movie. Uh, yeah. It's an early John Mu movie when he was still actually a good director over in uh, Hong Kong. And there's a scene where he jumps out of this hospital window and he's using the electrical cables to kind of brace his fall at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, by rights, those cables should have basically snapped because they wouldn't have been able to hold the weight if he'd been using this those cables would have been fine. Oh. Theoretically, that stunt is now possible. <laughs> yes. Which I'm happy about. I'm sorry, Rob, but that's the most boring
1: example for science I think i have ever heard. Ah! Yeah. I liked it. That stunt, not real. It's really it's not a real. It's stunt.
3: In our imagination, I'm it's not real. A, yeah. Exactly.
1: Where's your imagination? That's an eyebrow. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I thought that was telekinesis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's trying to persuade did, did, to you that did, it's didn't real didn't your parents have that talk eyebrows are not imagination no okay okay fair enough
2: oh, <laughs> oh I could I, I could have actually uh, no I'm not going to uh, it's groovy yeah Um. but yeah it's a it's a big big leap forward in material science um, right. it does I mean they can make a nickel 180 times stronger using this method don't drop it um, from a high height well, the thing is, it's just a matter of upscaling this so they can actually make it co- commercially viable. Mm-hmm. And graphene is just carbon. Yeah. Carbon is all over the place. You know? And if they can actually get this to, um, to the point where they can manu- do this easily, it's, I'll tell you what, it'll improve all sorts of things, especially interstellar travel, especially space travel. Ooh. Satellites will become much more hard-wearing and durable, so they will last longer in space. And that lunar base we've been talking about... All we need to now do is work and warp. Yeah, that lunar base might actually be possible and might actually turn into a actual lunar town instead of a lunar base.
3: Oh, so once we eventually have to evacuate the Earth because all the people have destroyed it. It uh, should be fun. Yes. What Evacuation? will we name it? The Ark? <laughs>
2: Hey, the app would have been stronger if it was built out, this stuff. I can imagine. (laughs) 40 days? No, I can handle 40 years. Anyway, moving on. Um, Nintendo have come up with a uh, surprise announcement, which not many people are expecting. They're finally killing Mario. No. No. You know, the 3DS, you mentioned this earlier, you're paying for a dimension you don't even use with the 3DS. Nintendo seem to have taken all of that feedback to heart and have come out with... (laughs) The 2DS. Why couldn't they made this first? Yeah, it's basically a 3DS without the th- without the 3D. The budget because
3: everyone hates the 3DS yeah. mode because it hurts your eyes, makes you want to vomit.
1: And, and it's th- for kids. They've removed the hinge from it so kids yeah. don't pull it in half. Exactly. And it's marketing is totally marketed towards kids. It's for kids. Yeah. So calm down, internet. Calm down. Calm down, nice boys. <laughs> Stop calling everybody. Nasty words. Also, it's got a nice angle on it. You could use it for a door wedge. <laughs> That's
2: a good point. Um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure about this though. I I can understand the reasoning behind it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, it's going to cost about 109 pounds. Yeah, which is a lot cheaper than th- than a brand new 3ds. I'll admit. Do you think wow. this will replace the 3DS? Do you think this will be more popular yeah. than the 3DS? Unless they manage to improve the 3DS mode, then no, not really. I, I, think, thi- this is,
3: I think this will blow it right out of the park. The 3DS will just be no more, and there will just be forever Nintendo 2DS. The 3DS games, what's a 3DS game? It's 2D.
2: But then it begs the question, why bother getting rid of the DS in
4: the first place? <laughs> oh. Well, right. the hardware is much better on the 3DS. Yeah, like, true. I mean, like, forget the... Like, the 3D look gimmick. at him
2: waving his 3DS around <laughs>
1: sorry I was just playing Fire Emblem while you were playing the intro so
2: you know mine at home.
1: dimensionally curious <laughs> it's the buying curious of video game formats
4: <laughs> well even, I've, I've even only got right? one working eye so this has always been a 2DS to me
2: <laughs> 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 He's has you there Rob <laughs>
1: yeah my dad can't see 3D either oh, yeah okay the radio don't just give me a cocked glance
2: no just I was just that caught me off guard that's what I was like what, what, the f- <laughs> what was that again <laughs> holding your head at a cocked angle
1: cocked a jaunty angle a
2: jaunty angle I yes. thought
1: you
3: saying he was never mind I'm not going to get it just no, go <laughs> go we it. know
2: what we know what your mind's like use your speak. imagination yes oh as in, in Rob's case his eyebrows <laughs> yeah our eyebrows
3: <laughs> <laughs> the powers are endless <laughs> If anyway, you say that,
1: though, people with really big eyebrows now become really imaginative. I think. I'm just, well,
3: if you look What like, about
1: people with mono brows? Exactly, the most <laughs> imaginative <laughs> people in the world.
3: So, Ed and Eddie. <laughs> yes. He's the strongest one, physically and mentally. Yes.
1: end yeah, up
2: something new every week on the Geek Show. The fourth is strong in this one. Yeah. Next news story. Um, <laughs> give me a second. I've just going to run down some of the changes that they've made to the 2DS. They've got rid of the uh, audio outputs. Nobody really
1: cares. Nobody really cares. Next week he's picking the news.
3: <laughs> so, what are the outputs? So, you can't
1: use headphones with it?
4: No. Well, that's balls. I can say it's for kids. Because I, then I can't play it on the bus and I'll get silly looks if I want to hear things. Unless you turn the volume down. Is there a volume setting? Yes.
2: Oh, well, there we go. At least they didn't they've done one. They've got to keep a volume setting.
3: Unless they make like, you know, special jack pots or specific headphones that are meant for the device. With what headphones? Like specific like you know, with each some phones come out with different headphones that are made specifically uh, for that device. Right. Or if they have like, you know, in the charge a bit the like it has the same thing for headphones that they yeah. bring out themselves? I see.
2: Next story. Diction numpty. What? Diction Diction numpty. It's double chair for what? What? <laughs> <laughs> You'll get it. Right. In a You'll get it in a minute. Right? You know the Oxford Eng- Oxford English Dictionary online. I do. Right. They keep adding more and more words and ruining the English language. You know, uh, if I I'm was sorry, the EDL,
1: I'm sorry, but I'm refusing to talk about this. If I was the it's, EDL, it's so I, stupid. Uh,
2: but it, that's why it's a WTF award. Because it is so bleeding
1: stupid. Yeah, WTF awards for cool, not... No, it's not for cool. Humanity is going down the toilet. So. No, no,
2: it's not just for cool. It's for completely ridiculous and totally yeah. unworthy. Is anyone up for a selfie? Yeah. No. Let's all derp to this. Yes. Selfie derp, Fablet. squee, e- seriously spelled S-R-S-L-Y, T-L-D-R, <laughs> geek, chic, and emoji, Bitcoin, and Vom, and so many more. Vom became a word? Yeah, they're oh. now words in the Oxford English Dictionary Online. I, we didn't even know what Fadlet was. We had to yeah, look, we had to look we had that to one Google up. Google it before the show because we'd never heard it Half before. the ones
4: you said just there is Dolan now writing the dictionary.
2: Yeah. Um, who's Dolan?
4: Uh, it's a series of comics online. It's 4chan, but it's like a badly drawn Donald Duck.
3: Oh, the dead rapey film. Yeah. Yeah, I read like A-Panel. I think like... It.
2: It's it, it's ridiculous. I mean, that SR, S-R-S-L-Y, how much more effort does it take to put so the that vowels is, in is there? Is this like the new
3: dictionary of texting? I have no idea. Because text talk seems to be, you know, that... thing is, if it's down. in the
2: Oxford English Dictionary online, it's only a matter of time before it actually goes into the proper, you know, page-bound dictionary. Oh, and when it's in there, it's officially part of the English language. Now right no, it's now. not. Uh, hey.
1: It might be officially, but anybody who speaks English won't use it.
2: You're assuming that people still speak English. 14-year-old
1: girls and 15-year-old boys do not speak English. Also, if you are that age... <laughs>
2: sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know what? I I'm, don't apologise. I'm, I'm swinging broad generalisations here.
2: You know, it was a question I was getting asked at one con last week. Uh, everyone kept saying, kept saying to me, Oh, you don't sound like you're from around here. Racists. Yeah, well, I just, my reply was just, That's because I've got an education. <laughs>
3: Oh, my God. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, Next news story. <laughs> oh, I love that. That was great.
2: It's like, you know.
3: <laughs> you don't look like you're from around here. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you you don't just... sound
2: like you're from around here. <laughs> oh. Anyway, WCF word oh, number gosh, two.
3: That was beautiful. Poo oh, printer.
2: <laughs> this one's just for Chris. Yeah. <laughs> An artist called Fabrizio La Mancha has developed a printer that uses a group of caged male <laughs> zebra finches to spell out letters from the Latin alphabet using their excrement. What did you do, Rob? (laughs)
1: I'm holding my sneezing.
0: (laughs) The birds.
2: uh, uh, He's built a prototype that uses four birds. They're placed inside a wooden cage with with a paper roll placed on the floor. They sit on top of the perches with integrated food dispensers, these perches can be arranged into different formations depending on the des- desired letter. Over the course of a couple of days, the finches produce enough poo to create a legible 80cm high letter.
3: Well, if you want a cheaper source of it, pigeons, rice.
4: Well, it might take a while. Not a clean film. But it does leave a statement. Mm-hmm. If I was to send a letter composing entirely of poo... Yeah, well,
2: yeah but... Uh, wouldn't they, wouldn't they give you a, ni- a, a, a nice white jacket with extra long sleeves if you'd started doing that? Your printer is really poo. <laughs> I mean, if you were sending people let- uh, letters that were written in poo, you would go to a mental institute. <laughs> Do I wipe with this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously...
3: It is such a useless invention. No,
2: well, I'm not like, saying
4: for
3: every letter. It's but like it- that artist, Tracy Edmund, <laughs> who did a bed and she did a dump on it. And it no, no,
2: and she didn't dump on it. It was a couple of uh, Chinese people. or Japanese students did it. I know because I was there at the Tate on the day that they did it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I feel, remember the commotion from I, it. I feel bad for your eyes. Oh, Tracy I Emin. Mean, yeah. But the thing is, they can get away with all sorts of... All sorts of this exactly, nonsense. If, if, if they've got just a really good enough
3: artist excuse and like meaning behind something, well, it's, of course it's all made up because I'm myself an artist and I'm not going to go around and make that rubbish.
2: The best bit of the story, though, right? Oh. The best bit of the story is not what we've talked about already. Best bit of this story uh, is this: the idea came about through a misunderstanding. In his uh, in his previous projects, he found that the use of human models for the implementation of artistic concepts are often subject to misinterpretation. Human communication is filled with, an, uh, um, with almost invisible signals that enormously complicate the transmission of a specific message. He hoped, with this, that by switching from the human model to an animal one, <laughs> it guess, would simplify the task. All I'm going to say is... Bullcrap. So that means he actually thought about this with, uh, using humans... I already hear this man. And he would be fine. He wouldn't go to a mental institute or anything like that because it's art.
3: I hate those sort of artists. Really, shoot yourselves. I mean... (sighs) You're a waste of budget. Yes. I agree.
2: Who funds these people? They're just as much as idiots as well. Well, the thing is, he could produce all this and sell it for like 20, 30, 50 grand and people would buy it. But would they? Yeah. Like, no, you
4: hear about the sensationalist things like this, but... There's things like um Damien Hurst, he might have sold some like um crazy stuff, but one of his later ones uh sold for less than it was worth because he like coated a skull with diamonds and it yeah, sold it for did. less than the value of the diamonds it was made of. Yeah. So like a lot of the stuff gets headlines, but not all of it sells. It's often the other works that people do sells, yeah. so they get they get noticed for something. Anyone wanna buy a pickled shark? <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's happened. Yeah, this is true. Someone did buy the formaldehyde jar. Half
3: ah, for a donkey. You can see the insides. It's also pickled.
2: The rubbish. I never could understand that. You know, it's like it's like at some point in his life he turned into like a granny from the nineteen fifties and he, get, uh, and
3: just went around pickling everything. Don't get me wrong. I do love modern art, but
2: sometimes it's just too much. Hi, this is Harrison Cricks with Volpin Props, and you are listening to the Geek Show. Going to be talking today for a bit about uh, his thoughts on this year's Woncon as a first time con organiser and as the uh, captain of the ship so to speak
4: how'd it all go Dave? I pretended to be responsible for two days and people believed me somehow <laughs> <laughs> it went really well actually we've had glowing reviews like uh, from the attendees from the guests from the artists we've had tons of uh, really nice feedback from everyone and I'm not in debt so every it's success in every way
2: as far as I'm concerned Congratulations.
4: I'm not being in debt
2: yeah so um uh, what were the high points of the weekend for you um aside from not being in debt like aside from not being in debt and nothing
4: being on fire yeah they're, they're two high points for me but um the uh there was some really good entries in the uh the, the masquerade there were some really good people entering that uh pretty much every panel went down well everything was like packed out and uh, things like the skit went down well. We had some really good entries for that. So it was great to see everyone, like, uh, joining in and having fun with everything.
2: Fantastic. What were
4: the highs and lows? Yeah, what were the lows? Don't and- think anything went drastically wrong. Like, um, we had it all, like, set ready on the day. Everything was ready to go. There was no, like, issues with organisation and the uh, the the venue staff were really accommodating and did everything we needed at any time so like I didn't really have any low points really like hmm. uh, that, I have one what's that
3: they didn't tell me that we had free tea I paid for a cup of tea oh <laughs> I you, still go, you still go over I'm that I'm bitter I'm <laughs> bitter I wanted my free tea. He's
4: been bitter about that all week. I was sending gophers around to give people tea all the, all weekend.
3: I went to the counter and went, can I have a cup of tea? My badge was plainly up here and I didn't get a tea. It's
1: just a shame on them. You are so white and British, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my word.
4: Oh, the artists were loving the free tea though. They were loving that.
2: Yeah, Harry was as well. Yes, <laughs> rub it in more.
4: There was uh, free waters in all, all the rooms, you know, as well. Oh, but it's not tea.
3: <laughs> my Earl Grey not, the, not not free tea not that milky sugary goodness
1: I think you got problems Chris I
0: do
3: I love <laughs> tea <laughs> you know next time I go I'll forgive them if they've thrown a biscuit <laughs> we'll Hi,
2: see uh, Chi gave us cupcakes
4: well,
3: y- you know but it's not a cup of tea
4: oh were they all some cupcakes with like Avengers stuff on yes. them yes yes they were
3: I got a Super Mario one. Was it Super Mario? Yeah,
2: the little mushroom one. They were awesome, though. They were yeah. <sighs> have you had too much sugar today? I do? want cake. <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> now he's remembering the cakes,
4: and he's got a grin on his face. He's had too much sugar. Yeah. I always try to steal a bit of the rainbow fudge that she does. It's really nice. That oh. stuff.
2: That's like... That, that, that. That's like... So just, good. Just Never serve that to my nephew never given yeah, anything
3: like that. Don't let me give a review in public. <laughs> yes. Don't <laughs> let you out in public after you've you you had some of that. Oh, God, you were quite surprised.
0: <laughs> great. A little
2: bit of that
3: and he was bouncing off oh. the walls. Well, I do have ADHD.
2: I know. Yeah, just,
3: uh, just in case you forgot. <laughs> I didn't forget. I do like sugar. Sugar <laughs> likes me. Iron,
2: did I make a mistake in giving you that Lucozade?
3: Well, let's see if there's any sugar. It's Lucas, It's point 0.6 grams.
4: That is a lot of sugar. Oh, hello.
3: (laughs) Mm. Energy.
4: So, one con. Yes.
3: You know what one
4: thing I did not expect to happen the weekend? Alpacas. Yeah, what was all that about? It was totally viral. Like, a few of the lollies bought alpacas. Yeah. And then uh, everyone saw them carrying around these things around the... Around the convention.
2: See, I can't can't hear lollies now without thinking of um, the lolly incident in the quiz. Was it Cherry? Mm. Oh, yes. Yes. We'll get into that in a bit. Uh (laughs) I didn't actually realise what I'd been given by (laughs) Virgin the Company.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What a name.
4: Yeah, people ended up carrying home like about six alpacas each. It was just bizarre.
3: Well, is this before the con or is this just one no one they were buying at the them at con. the con and now it's a big cult thing it was a big yeah, they're cult. all over Tumblr
4: now yeah it was a big cult thing before apparently within the right circles uh,
3: OneCon blew up at Tumblr
4: didn't it yeah it's uh and like and Instagram oh we one, one con blew, t- yeah. Ble-
3: blew up hashtag Tumblr. Instagram uh hashtag OneCon at Instagram there's loads of stuff and there's also some geek show photos on there so check them out
1: excellent nice. I had no idea we had a hipster presence well, uh, I'm here. Hello. Super hipster present.
2: I'm sorry, but he's Chris is there with his lumberjack shirt. He's not hipster. He's, he's got the lumberjack shirt. That doesn't make you a Canadian kidding. hipster. I'm <laughs> he's Canadian hipster. I'm polite. <laughs> he needs glasses and no lenses. That's the.
3: Oh I, I, My glasses are. I right. got I a red sometimes. jacket and
2: a hat. I think it'd be a mountie.
3: Oh, that'd be that'd be such a good looking mountie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Should
4: ride a moose
3: that's even more badass <laughs> can I have an axe as well <laughs> what,
1: what show sure of ours the mother <laughs> yeah, name no just to
3: call it all for I want a musket
4: <laughs> excellent anyway back to one con yeah alpacas that's where we were <laughs> <laughs> no idea what happened with alpacas <laughs> it was just bizarre but there's um, there's tons of videos on YouTube just of like compilations of all the awesome things that happened in the cons yeah. and there's a load of like all the alpacas
2: that yeah. happened so, and yeah, apologies to all of the dealers who have given us prizes. I haven't had a chance to sit down and compile the entire list yet because we've <coughs> had loads of reviews this week. Um, and I've been rushed off my feet, but I am in the process of getting all this stuff together so we can thank everyone properly who gave us prizes at OneCon. But soon, because pretty much every single dealer and every single artist gave us something for competition. people. Yes, they were brilliant. Oh, they were so British.
4: It was all that free tea. That's why they were so happy. Oh, come on. Yeah. Now we have to
1: put you in the corner for a bit.
4: I I'm <laughs> going to have to.
1: <laughs> we might have
2: to. But yeah. Um,
3: it's nearly all gone. A what? quick
2: apology about the lollies as well. Oh, yeah. I don't but think well, that's an apology. It's I'm when you, you threw problem. me one.
4: And I, I just like just before I ate it, I noticed that it said on the top "Virgin"
2: as in the company, Richard Branson's company, Virgin. Now me being a muggins, I got these given to me by Virgin Money on the Friday. No, the Thursday wasn't it? It was a day. With yeah, it was one it. of the days before the weekend. It happened I got the. Week. I got them. I got a whole bunch of prizes and this big bag of lollies. So I took them to Con, thinking I'll just give them out to people, not um, thinking about you know what they were. And they the were kind children. Of <laughs> children, and, and what, what flavour were they? Rob? Cherry flavoured. <laughs> so if anyone likes yeah. to have so, yes. cherry
3: flavoured virgin lolly, please call in.
2: <laughs> it was it wasn't until Dave pointed out. <laughs> I think we best stay away from that one. Yeah, we are. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't I didn't realise what I, uh, what I was giving out. <laughs>
3: At least it wasn't that's, cherry pies. That's,
1: that's Rob the democrats. he really means it. Yes. <laughs> I even got
3: the hand gestures. <laughs> at least it's not the believe it on.
4: Anyway. Yes. Yeah, I, can, I can feel the anger. Well, me and Liam had a bit of a high point. Yeah, hey, ac- you won the quiz. Yeah, we accidentally won your quiz. Do you want to give it to We probably
1: shouldn't him? have done that. <laughs> I,
2: th- I probably should have put a rule in there at the beginning, say
1: one con staff can't win. Well, that's fine. But uh, for the future of uh, one con. What you see coming from there? Yeah. Future years, plans you have? There's a load of plans in the works
2: already, because we're kind of riding the hype train at the minute. Isn't there but, a uh, mini one coming up in September? Or something like that, like uh, some kind of meet-up or something?
4: Oh, there's been a meet uh, this week. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, Friday, Saturday. A lot of the attendees just arranged their own meet and uh, ah. met up, and we, uh, we saw a few of them on Saturday and had ah. some chats with them. But... Um, uh, we are going to be invite, uh, announcing another event very soon, but I can't say that until everything's confirmed. Okay. And um, we'll, uh, we will be having a table at uh, Chibi Sunny, hmm. and that's on the 22nd of September. That was
2: it. Chibi Sunny's on the 22nd, isn't it? Yeah. That's the one you might have been Yeah, of. that's what I was thinking of. Sorry, I got confused.
1: Hang on. That's a Little Sunny. Yeah, That's the most Yorkshire sounding convention <laughs> I've <laughs> heard
2: of.
3: <laughs> Is the mascot a Yorkshire pudding?
1: No No
4: <laughs> The mascot's Kimmy The most Geordie girl in the world No oh, it's Geordie That doesn't make sense That's a
1: weird name
2: And Kimmy is the one Who's dressed up as Sunny, Isn't she Yeah Yeah.
1: Have you spoken to her Yeah Yes I've spoken to her That name's got Yorkshire All over it though <laughs> it, it, it really does She's probably Lovely lass Mad I, as a had her. Yeah <laughs> Who
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> We do live on Our face conventions though Yes we do We do
4: Kim Lyle yeah. yeah
3: yeah yeah Chris
2: how was your first convention
3: it was uh quite a culture shock at first but then it slowly sank in and uh, there were a lot of nice fun people there and you know obviously the, the strange as well that came with it the strange the strange
2: you weren't dressed as spider-man yes get I know <laughs> get spider-man hey get no spider-man get off fabulous what's
3: up yeah I got lots of comments on my hair you know it was a great day yeah, not my costume but my hair <laughs>
1: that's just that's superficial <laughs> yeah. that's, that's really superficial I, I know other people like my hair it they don't like my
4: costume my, my hair, hair. <laughs> today it's, it's always a good day when someone says your hair looks nice oh I know what is. This?
1: oh there's two of them now
2: <laughs> oh god thanks guys I, do you know I so want to give, uh, so really give I really to give you two a, t-shirt, a t-shirt now it just says I'm a Dapper Dan man <laughs> a what Dapper oh <laughs> Chris I don't know who
3: Dapper Dan is
2: oh brother where are though
1: it's a Corn Brothers movie, it's great. It, it is, is
0: fantastic. Have to
1: see it. I'll have to watch it. Oh, it's, it's a brilliant movie. With that being that, yes. that's highly successful.
2: Yeah, one con. But yeah, um, we're looking forward to next year already.
4: Yeah, it should be good. Uh, I know this, uh, there's a ton of people who've came out the woodwork now who've said well, that they definitely want to support us for the second year. Because yeah. obviously, like the thing is, with the first year cons, you don't know if it's going to work so i can understand a lot of people hanging back until we had the first event and sort of established things a bit hmm. but uh we should should find it a lot easier this year just getting everything everything in place we already had like uh, some as i say we had some great turnout for things like the masquerade and everything the um uh one of our guests, Greg, he was taking pictures to send to the guys at Gearbox. Yeah, because one of the winners was a really good uh, Borderlands Two costume. Which one was that one? Uh, they did the psycho and
1: uh... oh, I forgot. It was the guy with his shirt off.
2: Yeah, we got a photo. <laughs> for... uh, have you seen the photos?
3: I have no chance. To look I, through I, through I them. sent the email. Went, yeah, yeah. I love a
2: look through them properly. Pretty good. I like the uh, I like the Warhammer guy. Oh, he's brilliant. He
4: did a few panels for us. Yeah, uh, did you see him on the second day?
2: I didn't.
4: He was a ringwraith on the second
2: day. Oh yes, I did because he came into the quiz as a ringwraith. Yeah, I wanted him to do the entire quiz as a ringwraith, but he wouldn't agree to it. I just wouldn't be sitting in the corner going, (sighs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) it would have been funny.
3: (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't even know what a ringwraith is.
4: (laughs) Nazgul, Lord of the
3: the Rings.
0: rings. Oh (laughs)
4: yeah, yeah,
1: now I know. The one who stabs Frodo. See
3: names? I have no idea. I'm currently making the Witch King's outfit as well. That's what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know him has the You're Witch making King. the outfit? Yes, I'm making the outfit.
1: All I <laughs> out of form. I don't think there's a bigger definition of irony than, <laughs> yeah, than no. what just happened right here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Sam Killerman from Gamers Against Bigotry. Sign our pledge and stand up against bigotry in games, and you are listening to The Geek Show.
1: And now we're going to have a little bit of direction rather than mumbly, you know, nonsense hour. <laughs> I like bumbling nonsense hour. Like the previous <laughs> section of the show was damn. Uh, first, though, we're doing the movie reviews because we, we, like, Rob said before, we got so many reviews to catch up with, so we're pretty much dedicating half the show to it. Uh, first one, I'll I'll set the ball rolling. Is uh follow the House of Usher. It came out uh, the when was it twenty sixth? Yeah, twenty sixth of uh, I think whatever so. month just gone, twenty sixth of August and uh, it's it's part of a uh, Roger Carman let's just give it a bit of history Roger Carman is one of the most prolific film producers of the 20th century he did so many things it's I mean he's still working now and he's in his 80s he's doing sort of uh Shaq the de or style things now straight to DVD stuff but uh, the thing he's got a trilogy of films which he's most renowned for and those are the uh, Edgar Allan Poe oh what's his uh, Vincent Price trilogy, I think it's a trilogy at least. And uh, house, The Fall of the House of Usher, uh, it's it's all business. It's like horror film, like a hammer horror film. There's no build-up, it's just right into matters. It's right there. And uh, The Fall of the House of Usher, it starts as a, a suitor comes knocking on the door of a big sort of gothic manor. And uh, he answers the door and it's the House of Usher. He's looking for the girlfriend who's suddenly disappeared from Boston. And he's followed her back. And the person he meets first is uh, Vincent Price, who is a very maudlin chap. He talks about how uh, the legacy of his family means everybody has to die or will die soon enough because there's so many problems written into the blood of the history of their family. And uh, it's a 1968 film, I think it is. Is that right? I can't remember. I've got it on my phone. I can check. I'm pretty sure it's 1968. It's 1960, but the reason why that's relevant is it becomes from a time in horror cinema when it's not quite what we know it as now. Uh, like 1950s, 40s, 30s, they're a much more wordy way of actually delivering a horror, so it's all about character building in that sense. Mm-hmm. And it's not until like the final act when it, it becomes more contemporary in its style, and then the age really does show itself. I mean, I could pick it apart quite easily, but the fact of the matter is... It's one of these films... That isn't so much known as, for its quality as... To a new pair of eyes... I mean, it's the f- this is the first time I saw it... But if I saw it when I was younger... I think there'd be a nostalgia effect to it... And I think that's what these films are really... It's, it's an icon of history... It's, you can see where it has its place in history... But like I say... Coming at it with new fresh eyes... It's just... It's not for me really... But if you're interested in that history... Go for it. It's it's a really nice restoration job. They've done it as ever with our role they are fantastic at making, you know, old films look brand new. So there's that. Fall House of
2: Usher, twenty sixth of August, available on Blu-ray and DVD. Fantastic. Um yeah, I've got a odd for me, I've got a movie review, but this is an anime movie, so um it's uh, Berserk, the Golden <laughs> Age Arc part two, the battle for Daldre. Um it's the second installment in the effort to adapt the entirety of the Berserk manga and it sees Guts pondering the meaning behind Griffith's words about true friendship that he uh during the conversation they have at the end of the first movie the egg of the king. Um meanwhile the band of the hawk have joined the king's forces in order to take down the impregnable fortress of Daldre. Um it's the story it's a, again a somewhat abbreviated version uh, but accurate ad- adaptation of the manga. Um, it. Oh, just stop you there. Yeah. Doing
1: all the manga is this all the manga in movies? That's going to be a lot of movies.
2: I think that's exactly what they're trying to do because wow, that's impressive. Yeah. The um, the the issue they've got is that because they had the TV series released uh, a while ago, mm. um, one of the problems that they've got is if they released all of the manga uh, as a TV series. I, the, one of the real problems is the fact that it is berserk so it is hyper violent it's plus 500 chapters isn't it um, something like that I think it's 300 and something chapters it's still a lot yeah so adapting movies. all that in, I mean putting all that into movies makes much better much better financial sense than putting it all in a TV series and having to do with that weekly deadline and everything okay. like that they actually have well more where time. would you
4: find a time slot for something like well, that violence yeah, exactly like, without making it like at a place that no one would watch it.
2: Exactly. That's that's why putting it as movies is much better financial sense. Um, the story, unfortunately, as because it's berserk and it's set in a medieval time, in a, in a medieval fantasy world, it is misogynistic. Um, but that is mainly due to its setting. There are lots of material themes that are rampant and can be unsettling to viewers unfamiliar with this type of story. Now... What I mean by that is, you could have watched, you know, your you could have watched your High School of the Dead, or you could have watched your uh, Hellsing, which Chris is going to review later on. You could have watched your, all of these things, but they don't actually compare with the brutality of Berserk. Berserk doesn't shy away from showing horrible things, and mm. some of them really are unsettling. So
1: um, by that token, I mean there's lots of stuff that wasn't in the manga because it is a bit rough. Yeah. So there's no such like
2: tips on around the matter in the movies. There's no such tiptoeing around specific matters in the movies either. Okay. Um, in, in a sense it's actually a very brave thing they've done because the stuff that was in the manga was quite shocking. Um, it is definitely this is definitely uh, you know it, it, it fills out the entire 18 rating. Yeah. Um, the plot does move along at good pace and it does follow the manga faithfully. Uh, the narrative follows a logical progression which is one of the problems when you're adapting a series this big to a movie. You run the risk of kind of breaking things apart and then everything gets jumbled. Um, Some of the more mature themes do pose some interesting ethical and philosophical questions of the viewer as well. Um, What would you do in this kind of situation? How far would you Mm. go for ambition? That sort of thing. It's just, it's not doing that thing where the no these are, characters
1: are blank canvas and you can produce them. No, these are away.
2: these are integral parts of the story and integral <clears throat> parts of the characters themselves. Okay. Um, there's some good. There's some good usage of medieval tactics and siege strategies. Uh, they add to the believability of the setting um, there is a short recap at the beginning of the movie um, about the events in the Egg, Egg of the King uh, it's produced by Studio 4 Degrees C. character designs are cleaner versions of those that you find in the manga and a lot of effort has gone into the detailed backgrounds and settings unfortunately it's the use of cel- cel-shaded CG it's clumsy at best they're doing that
1: a lot in modern yeah. animation uh,
2: it, it's clumsy at best so <coughs> it's especially noticeable during the action sequences and this is berserk. There are a lot of mm. action sequences. Um, the su- audio effects are excellent throughout the movie. Uh, brilliant effects work in this movie. Um, this the music. At times, it's uh, at times they've chosen tracks that are very much period pieces. You know the kind of music you'd expect in a medieval setting. At other times, it's very subtle. It doesn't take away from the the dialogue or the action or the effects. And it, it, they use it in a really subtle and uh, subtle, but really, really good way. Um, the script is well thought out. It's a well thought out adaptation of the dialogue in the manga. I have to spe- be specific because I checked against the manga when I watched mm. this movie to see what was actually said in the manga so as opposed to the movie. It's very saucy language. There is saucy language in there, but. What they've done, they've basically adapted it so that it can... Because uh, the language that, language that you use when you write a comic or a book or something like that isn't the same as language that's spoken. So the way they've approached this is to adapt it into kind of a, a spoken uh, spoken form of whatever dialogue is in the manga, which is a much better approach. Okay. Um, both the Japanese and English dubs are excellent, the latter mainly being due to the fact that much of the cast that were in the English dub of the Berserk TV series have reprised their roles. In particular, uh, Mark LeRaison as Guts, uh, Michael T. Collins as Griffith, and Carolyn Keran as Kasker They're particularly noteworthy because they've got that experience. If they'd brought in some, uh, some other uh, uh, voice actors to do the English dub, it might not have worked as well. Um, you know, because it's a movie, this is more of a snapshot of this particular moment in their lives kind of thing, there's not much way in, in the way of character development, that's over the course of the entire series, you'll see that. Um, overall, uh, aside from the clumsy CG, it's a great adaptation of an excellent manga, and I know Berserk has a lot of detractors because of how violent it is, but you have to give it a chance. Really? Yeah. It, it has a lot of detractors f- because of... the Off of Stars so popular and it's worse. Yeah, I know. Um... There's lots of actions and limb fly, limbs flying everywhere. It's coupled with some thoughtful introspection and the question of what a person's ambition is actually worth. Uh, mature and violent themes, so it's definitely not a mu- movie for kids. It's out now from Manga Entertainment, and there are trailers on it for Plan Z, which uh, looks great but isn't that good. Um, what, sorry? Plan Z. It's the one. It's that CG uh, CG uh, Gundam type one that I reviewed a few years ago. Okay. The um, Bleach, the Hellverse. And Berserk, the Golden Age Arc, they won the Egg of the King.
1: Okay. Uh, last one yep. before we move into a new section. It's a theatrical release. I say that, but it's it's been a weird one. it's, it's your next, and it's been kicking around the festival circuit since two thousand and eleven. So it's been a weird sort of trajectory for Adam Wingard. You're seeing all the positive effects of what happened with his career, but actually seeing why. So we feel like a little bit late at the party, but nonetheless. Uh, a bit of context again, uh, modern mainstream horror I, mean, I think it's pretty much the same for everything it's always, you it can only be one thing at a time and right now it's haunted house movies is all mainstream horrors they are becoming uh, just the same blobby mess, the same plot beats the same scares, it's, it's boring so you need sort of films that come out of nowhere to sort of shake up a bit and uh, your next is a slasher in the 80's tradition, uh, I know it's not Great, uh, well, let's rewind that a little bit. Uh, The story is a family of very well off people going to the country, and uh, unknown to them, their neighbours have been killed off with the words, You're next, scribbled on the wall. And uh, the Davison family go into this house, this new place to build up, to do up, and the same people attack them. It's basic, it's never a thing that slashes in on for the story, it's always very, very simple. There's a twist midway in, but. The thing which really marks this out as a great little film is just the fact that it's so inventive. It's not one of these films where uh, it's just, these are some people, we enjoy seeing them die. Let's see a graphic way that not they die. And don't get me wrong, it has that to it. It's got some great deaths, which I don't want to spoil. You need to see these with fresh eyes.
2: I like the way you, that you've got the grin on your face. Well, you it's that. one of those
1: films, it, it does that. Uh, but the thing is, it's just, it takes that thing, we're not going to get killed off, we're going to react, and it includes some very odd-bar ways of doing that. The best way to describe it, really, is Home Alone meets any number of slashes. That's <laughs> 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 just buggering <poker> <laughs> up Because uh, they, they set up these traps, there's one with a hammer at the door, not a, a huge axe at the door, which is just one of these films way not just one of the instances where you think I want to see what happens I want to see what happens. it's it's violent it's nasty, and it's also fun because it doesn't take itself too seriously I mean it's got the home alone comparison there down to at it's it's perfect in that it's not very John Hughes but <laughs> it's, he's got a home alone down there uh, but the thing is it, it has that sense of humor because it, the people who were hunting them down they are so clumsy. And it also starts champions I think Evil Dead did decades ago where you get the gore to a certain point and it's not creepy, it's not disgusting. It's funny. It's silly. And Your Next has that as well. But overall, it's the perfect antidote for me to a summer of big blockbuster comic book movies which are designed to appeal to as many people as possible. This is just a downright dirty, nasty, funny piece of work, and it ticks all my boxes. <laughs> summer of a 2013 movie, that. Best Summer of a 2013
2: movie. So, yeah, I liked it.
1: Hello, this is Brina Palencia, and you're
3: listening to The Geek Show.
2: And, yes, we've uh, reached the game section. Oh, well. kind of. Yeah, kind of. It, it, we are, <laughs> as we said, we are doing a lot of reviews today. Um, I'm going to kick us off with uh, Split and Cell Blacklist, which. We did want to review last week, but uh, we didn't actually get it from Ubisoft until this week. Uh, so apologies if you were looking forward to it last week. Um, now, you know uh, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell? Uh, Tom Clancy is like a huge name in gaming now, which is really weird for me, because I used to read his books when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, Splinter Cell, everyone everyone seems to know Splinter Cell is all about stealth and stuff like that. And Michael Ironside. And Michael Ironside. Well, Michael Ironside is no longer in Splinter, Splinter Cell. Um, he is no longer voicing the, the voice of Sam Fisher which is a disappointment for there, a there is a reason fans. for that though
1: because it's all more capped now and he's a yeah, bit old for that
2: he is um instead they've got oh, I've forgotten his name um what's his thinking, hey what's his face?" I yeah. keep thinking Nolan North because of Saints Four. He's, he's in everything <laughs> yeah, I know um but anyway um they've got some other fella and he's in his mid 30s now um I'll get, to, I'll get to that whole mid-30s bit issue in a bit. First off, which one was your favourite Splinter Cell? haven't played one.
1: I think it was the first one, because it was new for fresh. Yeah, the
2: PS1 ones, they
1: yeah. were pretty good.
4: I should correct myself, I haven't played any. My favourite one a new was... new
2: compared, yeah. I
1: mean, Metal Gear Solid, so it was new and fresh back then, yeah.
2: Splinter Cell, was that actually on the PS1? I thought it was um, siphon yeah, filter. On, it was siphon P- filter. Was on the PS one. Splinter uh, cell was PS two. I think Xbox. it might have
1: been Mega alongside Metal Gear Solid two. I think that's yeah. the ah right. Done, yeah. I'm getting siphon um, filter.
2: Siphon filter is the one you're thinking of. That was very good as well. That yes, needs a reboot. Uh, yes, that needs a reboot definitely. Someone do that. Um, but yeah, Splinter cell. My favorite one was Chaos Theory um, because it had like the uh, the court mode. It had all sorts of other bits thrown in there, and there was an emphasis on the stealth gameplay. I like sneaking around in games. It's a it's a throwback from when I played Thief. The first time I played Thief on the PC, I was like, "Oh, this is awesome! I can sneak around. I can hide in the shadows. No one can see me. I'm a ninja." It, 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 it's that kind of thing. And the great thing about Splinter Cell Blacklist is it recaptures that feeling of you just sneaking around, you know, across, along the sides of buildings and just hanging not hanging off ledges while there's well, somebody looking out a window. That's you. Yeah, I know. It's and no, and I'm just saying that to you that you
1: don't have to play it that way.
2: Yeah, you don't have to play it that way. They've got three modes. They've got the ghost mode, the panther mode, and the uh the Merc mode. Um and you you know, you can change your loadouts depending on uh, you know, your weapon and gear loadout, depending on which style of play you prefer. You can go in all guns blazing, which means you like you're heavily armoured up and you've got big guns. I can go in as a ghost, which means you just kinda of, you got stun guns and flashbangs and, you know, these uh these uh, sticky uh, sticky voice things that uh, you just chuck that direction and they make noise, attract all the guards and you sneak by. Yeah, you know, smoke grenades a lot. It's brilliant for that sort of thing. I can do Panther which is kind of a cross of both and I like the Panther mod. Um not because I like cats. Let me just specify that. Because. I don't think panthers and lolcats kind of mix. <laughs> no, I no. don't It would be awesome if they did, though. Give a panther and go. But yeah. Um, the game starts off with Sam and his friend Vic. They're about to leave Anderson Airbase um, in a helicopter just to go off and do some stuff. Uh, and then, all of a sudden, the airbase blows up. Somebody's attacked the airbase and planted explosives all over the place, killed loads of people. Um, Sam and Vic go down in their helicopter because they uh, haven't quite escaped the blast radius, and they've got to figure they've got to figure out what's going on. Radio's are jammed. It's first mission. You're thrown straight into the first mission. After that, you've got to find where find this jammer and disable it. In the process, Vic, Sam's friend, gets becomes seriously injured, saving Sam's life. Um, Next thing you know, Sam has been recalled to active duty and he's now part of Echelon. He's flying around on this mobile base called the Paladin looking for a group of terrorists known as the Engineers who want America to pull all of their soldiers from all of the countries that they're stationed in back to America. And they have promised a threat on various aspects of American society and economy every seven days. They will attack. Uh, the next uh, and the next attack for them is American consumption. Um, the engineers obviously know what they're doing. They're highly talented. And very boring as well. They're not actually that boring. They're no, it's just a very done
1: storyline. It's
2: it's very done storyline. But the nice thing about this is there is a twist that uh, uh, there's a twist that is kind of obvious at the beginning. But as the story progresses, things don't you know things start making. Less and less sense, and lines get more and more blurred okay um your very first mission for example uh after your very first mission after that first one uh, uh, your very first mission on this plot line is to rescue uh Andre Corbin, the guy who kidnapped and uh said he killed your uh, killed your daughter in a previous game, and you have to go rescue him that's your very first mission
1: you say that. But does it have a narrative that sort of leads in and plays off if other you games? Put, so it, it does can have you, that narrative. Can you just, so can you just jump in, jump into this without. You that can knowledge?
2: jump into it without that knowledge. But it does have that. Th- it does have relationships from previous games. It it's does, got extra depth. If it's it's got extra depth it. if you played the previous games. Um, controls are pretty much what you, what you'd expect, but the difference for, between this one and conviction so uh, conviction was much more action oriented in this one they have brought back the stealth gameplay in a big way, and they 've also brought back the whole verticality thing so you can scale up buildings you can actually hang off hang they off took pipes. That away. So, yeah they oh. brought it back now oh. uh, they've brought it back now and um, I, I for one 'm really pleased to say you 've got all sorts of new gadgets you can use the little uh, spider cam to peek under doors stuff like that. Now, one of the things that was in Conviction, um, you can mark targets and kill them automatically, right? You can still do that in this uh, in blacklist, which is handy in certain situations, especially when you're using somebody as a meat shield. Um, it's got it's got co-op modes as well. You've got mercs versus uh, you've got mercs versus spies, which is basically an online mode. Um, you've got teams of uh, you've, you've got teams spies versus mercs, that sort of thing. Uh, and you've got different loadouts, so it's who can uh, who can win that. It's a bit like capture the flag kind of thing. Um, you've got all sorts of other co-op modes now. One of the one of the real problems with Blacklist, though, one of my biggest criticisms is that when you do the the side missions, there are a lot of the best routes through the side missions are co-op. Now, if uh, you've got no one to play with, pardon my phrasing there. Um, if, if you don't have a friend to play with, then you have to take the long way around. It's gaming-wide. It's not yeah. just Blacklist. Um, but aside from that, Blacklist is a brilliant game. It takes a little bit of time to get used to the fact that you need to be a certain distance away from certain objects in order to interact with them, right? Um, but once you get used to kind of the slight delays in the control system... Um, but once you get, get used to that You'll start finding yourself becoming more and more Immersed in the game The levels are huge in this game And I'll tell you something If you're playing in rookie mode right, Be prepared to die a lot Because rookie mode It just means you're a little bit tougher And there's a, maybe one or two fewer enemies In a particular area um, That's all You still have to use exactly the same Skills and capabilities that you would use In any mode and, you know, perfectionist mode is hard. Anyway, Splinter Cell Blacklist, it's out now, and I would recommend it, playing it if you're a fan of the series or if you're a fan of stealth gaming. Excellent. Uh, what next? We've got a big list to get through. Um, I was thinking you might want to do Lost Planet 3. Well, I was thinking Killer is dead. It's up to you. We can talk
1: about that now, can't we? Yes, we can. The goes up? Yes. Okay. Well, Rob's played this as well, not to the extent that I have, but uh, it's the latest game from uh, (laughs) Suda51. Giggity. Gaming's greatest (laughs) madcap guy. Yes. Uh, There's a reason why I said giggity, you'll understand. The story, for what it's worth, is uh, you play Mondo Zappa, who's an executioner. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the story pretty much, and uh, you get sent on these different jobs, and there's a basic through line going through it, but it's it, it yeah, there's not really a story there. Uh, you have little individual stories here and there for the, each individual arc, yeah, and uh, there is a, a face off which has some sort of scene there around the game, but generally, what you'll take away from it is it's just bonkers. It's, it's very mission based. It's very mission-based, as in it's mission one, mission two, mission three, and then you complete one, you unlock uh, side missions, which is just going through the area, what you did before, and sort of getting rid of all the people that were left over. Yeah. Uh, The way it plays is uh, you have a sword in one arm, and your other arm is a giant mechanical thing, you can have different forms, there's a drill there's an ice gun there's a machine gun and later on there's basically you get uh, the what was it called uh, the gun which tried, uh, Vash in the stampede shot the moon with yeah basically so that's pretty cool uh, but the gameplay it, it's mi- mixed around those two you press uh, I think it's circle to swing your sword and there's various combos for that yeah
2: and, and it's, it's quite a swingy sword. Oh, sorry, it's been a while, perhaps. actually. No, uh, you were right. Circle, yeah.
1: Well, it's very simple. It's all about timing, and it's it's simple like that. It's very,
2: dema- it's very easy to play, hard to master. Do you know what it reminded me a little bit of the way the way that you know all the hacking and stuff like that? Yeah. When you press the R one button and you go in kind of that overdrive mode, it reminded well, me it, a little bit of Revengeance. When well,
1: you say overdrive mode, it's. When you've softened somebody up enough, you press yeah. R1 and Square, and you will chop them in half yeah. with one blow.
2: It reminded me a bit of Revengeance in that yeah. respect.
1: Uh, but again, it's a surreal thing. It's yeah. it's hard to define. I mean, there's there's uh, secondary missions which you have to woo people by staring at bits, and you stare at bits with jiggle vision. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'm interested. Right. Yes, it's it's the thing. It's kind of got the most bad press. It's yeah. it's kind of gross, but it's in that way which is very very anime. I mean, if you you listen to this show, you know anime. This game is pretty much labelled it, it, for you.
2: It, it, it is. I have to agree. The Jigglor
4: Vision doesn't one of the special editions come with the Jigglor Mode glasses? I would not be surprised. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, the Jigglor yeah. Mode glasses. Basically, what the if you get the if you've got the Jigglor Mode glasses. Uh, they do this uh, animation where it's supposed to look really cool of Mondo putting the glasses on. You know, it does it from like three camera angles. You know, yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to the conversation. And what you could do when the when the uh, target of your affections looks away from your face, you can pan down their body with your X-ray specs, and you fill up your Guts meter, which is basically a cutaway of your brain, <laughs> until you get to the point where you can offer them a gift. Right? Now you buy these gifts from the shop, um, and yeah, you present them in. Uh, with a flourish in a giant box for something like plain chewing gum. Uh, you give chewing gum? Yeah, Is I this got a chewing gum. Game? Yeah, it is. There's an element of to that. I totally that? lost interest now. No, it, it's a really weird element.
1: You that need to do I them heard to unlock the sort of.
3: vision, and I was just like, yay, hey, you need to do
1: it to unlock the secondary arms, yeah. the robot arms.
3: So you check them out and then you present them with a gift. And, and you have to
1: do it like three times in which it yeah. gets more gross and more I, uh, loose.
2: Basically, the first time. The first time you complete it, you know, um was it, like a kiss sort of thing, isn't it? I can't
1: remember. But uh, there's also, there's two, there's a Japanese woman and a strong-headed American woman, and the third one is... a uh, nurse. It's a nurse who just appears in certain places around the levels, and you've got to do like challenge rooms. Yeah. Which is super unforgiving. Oh,
2: God, yes. But uh,
1: uh, generally, though, just wrapping it up, it's... Uh, the game play mechanics. I mean, Suda Fifty One's never been known for its gameplay. He's, he's always had a very
2: yeah
1: old-fashioned way of doing things. But again, it's the style of the thing. You know whether you're going to like this. You know if you played previous Suda Fifty Ones, get rid of the like Pop because that really doesn't fit into his yeah his weird world vision. But if you like enjoyed games like Killer is Seven, did you do Mad Killer Seven Killer Shadows Seven. of the Damned? If you like that sort of stuff, this is well in your wheelhouse. But if it's not, stay well away. And I think that's kind of what got it bad press, like all these five-star reviews, which it does not deserve. Oh, it's better than that.
2: I I have to agree with you on that one. Um, If you are into anime, um, you'll probably get a lot of the humour that's in this. It's got the Gintoki uh, voice actor in the most
1: inappropriate mankini, living on the castle on the dark side of the moon. Yes.
2: (laughs) So that statement alone... You should know. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's. I mean, I quite enjoyed the game. I, enjoyable, I, I, yeah. It, it's an enjoy. For me, it was an enjoyable game. But I liked the tongue-in-cheek humour.
1: You know. Oh yeah, that's another thing. It has fourth-wall breaking. Yeah, it's like uh, this. This elevator is really tall. Are you sure the gamers are going to like this? Ah, looking weird. It's a little bit of a break before
2: the boss. You yeah. know, make little comments. <laughs> little their yeah. comments, like that. Um, you didn't like the sidekick you thought she was annoying I'm pretty well, it's like the archetype is the sort of
1: uh, hyper 20 something yeah. uh, woman who's got the behavioural stuff Be- of a six year old and the mind the of a six year old and squealing and yeah. noises and uh, annoying
2: yeah uh, see uh, difference here I've been exposed to that kind of character for a lot longer than Rob has so for me I'm just kind of yeah another one of those it really annoyed you, didn't it? Second she opened her mouth. Oh my God, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Why can't I hit you with my sword?
1: <laughs> yeah, she does save your life, though,
2: Yes, yeah, she does. She appears out of the blue in the middle and yeah. stops a the- Just to give you an example of uh, just how far left field this game goes in terms of uh, the whole kind of gross bit you're talking about. What when you get the DLC, one of the one of the things that you get is you can change the costumes of certain characters. Um, one of them, one of the female characters, becomes this kind of sexy policewoman type thing. and Another one is just wearing hot pants and a bikini. Well, he's established that sort of thing in the lollipop chainsaw. so yeah. it's nothing new for him. Yes. Anyway, moving on. Um, Etrian Odyssey Four: Legends, uh, Legend of the Titan. Uh, it's the sequel to *Ethereal Odyssey* three, *The Drowned City*. Um, this time, the game takes place in the town of Tharsis, or Tharsis, uh, where Yggdrasil, the World Tree, resides. Uh, the Count of Tharsis is sponsoring an expedition to find out more about this mysterious entity, and you have been contracted to uh, go exploring. Well, you looked at me when you said that. Have I been contracted? Yes, you have. Oh wow, that's yes. new. Uh, now, but, uh, one <laughs> off an adventure now. Yeah, cool. Etrian Odyssey <laughs> has a, has a reputation for being an extremely tough RPG. Um, it's uh, it uses uh, the standard uh, RPG fare of turn based combat, um, uh, but there are no preset character builds. You basically create your entire guild from scratch. Each of the characters, everything like that, and you mould them and develop them over the course of the game. Uh, it is a very tough game. Um, it is extremely tough. You. Will probably end up dying a lot in this game until you get used to it because you might not have your party set up right or anything or, and things like that. And your party setup is important for winning battles. Um, it's the same adventuring format as as before: one screen showing the map while the other displays the first-person 3D perspective. You know, a bit like Eye of the, Beho- Eye of the beholder and uh, you know the original Morrowind yeah. games that were just kind of perspective on type thing, first-person perspective on tunnel vision. vision. Yeah, tunnel vision. Actually, it's quite appropriate you say tunnel vision. Um, but, yeah, um, there's lot, lots of skills and upgrades per class, but little in the way of an actual story early on in the game. There is a story that does appear later on, but uh, you'll have to play through a lot, and you'll have to map a lot of the dungeons. Um, but mapping dungeons has never been so much fun. One of the things about RPG players is you they tend to plan a lot RPG players, hardcore RPG players, tend to plan a lot, and this plays right into their wheelhouse. Um, it the enemies, uh, unlike before, they're now mov- moving three D models instead of static two D sprites, and there's loads of anime character styles for you to choose for your guild members. Um, everything is kind of colourful and bright, and everything like that. Um, the audio effects are actually very, very good. Um, the you know the sound is it's a bit kind of meh with the music but the rest of the audio effects are pretty good um there's no actual characters in this game though all Right, that's one thing I want to specify because you're making all of the characters yourself there's no actual kind of character storyline you're basically playing a role in this in world changing events your guild there's no lead there's there's no actual lead no um in a sense it's, uh, in a, sense it's a bit like fairy tale as in they just happen to be there hmm <laughs> but it didn't actually matter who they are
4: so something like Final Fantasy 1 where you just yeah. got like you make the names you set the classes Basically, and then like yeah. they're evolved in the v- events but there's yeah. not nothing happens yeah. to the characters as a exactly. person
2: exactly how much you take from the story in this depends on how much you are invested in the game you know if you are really into the game, then you'll take a lot away from it. But if it's a kind of game that doesn't really appeal to you, there's not much you're going to get out of it. It's, this is one of those games that really... and I, uh, I'm sorry that I know there's an alternate meaning to this word, but it really appeals to grinders. <laughs> yeah, there is another one. Yeah. Um, um, right. But it does. <laughs> I just woke you up. <laughs> it did. So, um, what do you uh, recommend? Yeah, it's developed by Atlas and published by NIS America, who generally have been a good combo um, when it comes to games. Um, I would recommend this if you are... if you like your RPGs as much as I do. You okay.
0: Know?
2: If you if RPGs are the type of game that you habitually turn to, then Etrian Odyssey 4 is definitely worth getting. Excellent. Yeah, you know, um it might not it's i don't see it as a, as a rival to say fire emblem and awakening in terms of the handheld uh, handheld rpg of the year mm. but it is it is one of the best rpgs to come out this year on handheld um without doubt it is very tough it's very unforgiving um you might die from all sorts of different monsters again he said it to me hey <laughs> you might die from all sorts i died to a kangaroo okay Okay. <laughs> Granted, it was a huge kangaroo, and my characters—my characters were tiny in comparison to the kangaroo. It was a giant kangaroo, but it was still a kangaroo, and I died to it.
1: All <laughs> oh, the Australians. <laughs> Speaking of that, don't mess with Aussies. That's the message from your next. Oh, I'll try. I'll drink them. <laughs> but it's a, it's a strong recommend for RPG oh, fans. Oh,
2: definitely, definitely. It's out uh, on the 3DS um, now. Since it came out on Friday, yeah, okay. it's out now on the 3DS. Um, so if you are an RPG fan, go check it out. But prepare yourself for a very, very tough game. It's not Dark Souls or you know Demon Souls by any measure, but it it can be just as tough and unforgiving if you're not careful. Okay,
1: is that is that if your games are? Yep. So I've got two. I, I think left.
2: we need to take a break for a song. I've first. got. T- I
1: just say the two we we've got left. It's uh, well, we got Lost th- Planet Three and One Piece Pirate Warriors
2: Two. Yeah, I've got uh, Rayman Legends left as well oh wow <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> mega bumper review sure yeah.
2: hello it's Neil Gibson here from t Comics creator of Twisted Dark and there's nothing geeky about comics nothing at all and you're listening to The Geek Show
1: and uh, we're in our final section our final onslaught reviews, oh, reviews. and it's a combination of uh, games and uh, anime hopefully I can get the anime ones up yes but I'll t- I'll take the lead and go yeah. with uh, two remaining game reviews uh, which first, Lost Planet or One Piece? Lost Planet. Okay, Lost Planet. Uh, Lost Planet, it takes place before the events of 1 and 2, and uh, you play the role of uh, Jim Peyton. As uh, the game opens, you are 80 year old Jim, who's been flattened by a load of uh, fallen ice boulders. 80 and year old? 80 year old, and his granddaughter says, oh, I've got to help you, I've got to help you through this, save you. And he says, Maybe this is Faith, maybe this is Faith's way of saying. Or pay me back for what off. I did wrong 50 years ago. And it seems to. F- I mean, it plays Marvel. Role. And it seems to 50 years ago, and he's gone to uh, the planet that should have discovered for a new energy source to try and find out whether this stuff is uh, sustainable energy for the future. And it's a much stripped-back experience compared to the previous ones. It's not the hyper-colourful, hyper-energetic multiplayer game. It's all based on the single-player experience. And everything about it is simpler. Uh, The mechs you've got, they aren't war machines. It's a mechanical uh, tool to dig stuff and, you know... Kind of like Dead
4: Space, where it's got, like, a
1: practical... Yeah, not yeah, yeah. It's right. not—they're not weapons. They are designed in the case of the mech, anyway. But uh, the basic mechanic of it is you are uh, Jim Payton on the ground, sort of discovering stuff, and uh, it's—I don't mean this in a negative way because it's not really. It's just a solid shooter. It doesn't—it doesn't scream anything loud. It doesn't have any sort of revolutionary new uh, gameplay mechanic. So it's kind of—it's not bad. It's just. Fine, you'll play it, you'll enjoy it, and there's that to it. But the thing which max out a little bit more is uh, the story mode. It's actually a—he's a sort of a typical smart aleck making off-the-cuff comments and all that. But it's—it's it's a story about a character. It's not one of these games where it's uh, the world is going to die if I don't do anything. It's—it's it's all about small things. It's about person's story through life, and it has some really good moments. I mean, uh, there's a, a part of the game where. You are looking for a new patch of energy, I mean that's the, the the mechanic of it as it starts, it's you're a guy doing your job, you go out, you get energy, you come back, you spend your energy you go out, you come back, you go out, you come back and for about 4 or 5 of these you encounter something new and it I mean we said it a while ago, this game is Dead Space and Dead Space is now Lost Planet and that's where that comes in and that's where it's, when it's trying to be a horror game not scary, but when it's trying to be a horror game it's it's at it's best and it goes in some weird and interesting directions it's a soft recommend it's one of those games where if you want something to play but you don't want it to be too taxing it's perfect but it doesn't do anything mold breaking which is a shame ok it's enjoyable in shot bursts and uh other one Wasp, Plan- Wasp Planet yep. oh, Wasp Planet I got that mixed up that sounds terrifying <laughs> Wasp Planet uh, One Piece Pirate Warriors 2 Uh as it's uh, the story it doesn't make a great deal of sense in the continuity it seems to be after the time skip but ace is still alive and luffy's got his scar it's it's all over the place in that but that's not the point to be part of the continuity in a great way the point of it is it's a what if it gives you the opportunity to play as all of these characters as you go against the great pirate alliance and the uh, marines as these dials appear out of nowhere which can uh enslave people so all the One Piece pirates all the hats Hatters turned on each other and that story plays out to a certain extent but uh, it's not about the story it's about the gameplay and it is it's a re-skinned Dynasty Warriors there's no other way to put it um, but the thing about it is unlike Dynasty Warriors it's all very much based in an exaggerated reality it's all weapons based it's all fairly stayed it, it's, it's good at what it does but it doesn't really it's a bit you know, mm. the thing about One Piece Pirate Warriors is, is it's got such a weirdly eccentric and colourful palette of characters who are all fun to play. It, it's just one of these games where it's it's just it's just so much fun. I mean, I recently discovered how to do the Super Mega Ultra Finisher, and it's just one of those moments where oh my eyes, Kassandra, this is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, but as a fan of One Piece, I will say it, 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 it's a, it's for fans of One Piece. You won't. Lie and say it for anybody else. It's totally a fan bit of piece, uh, fan uh, fan service, the good kind of fan service. Yes. But uh, personally, the characters which I love to play, where Zoro, Garp uh, Kuzan, it's Aokiji but yeah. in his sort of new status. Yeah, Aokiji Yeah. Um, Crocodile and Jimbei, who are all another joy to play, and that's it. it. For One Piece fans, you are in Nirvana. For everybody else. Stay away. Stay well away. Well, I played the first one, and what I thought it had
4: over most of the Dynasty Warriors games is like the, the boss battles and the set pieces. They had like
1: different oh, yeah. mechanics going on there that yeah, you wouldn't it, normally see. Does it, has does it still have that? Yeah, in it the has second? this. Uh, you have the first directive and second directive, but it's constantly changing. It's never the same as what it is. It's constantly evolving, little gameplay experience. Same structure, easier to man- uh, manage. Uh, but the gameplay is divided into two well there's three modes there's uh, pirate mode pirate crew mode where there's the story mode and crew chapters where you can play against a level where one of the people in your crew is the boss and you use that to level up and grind and that Uh, and the other one is the story mode like I said there's challenge mode which you can go through a series of challenges and there's free mode which you can just go through these levels at your own time and yeah One Piece fans will love it
3: sounds like something I want to play fantastic
2: Um, right I'm going to finish off the games reviews with Rayman Legends Um, now (coughs) Rayman has never until Rayman Origins Rayman never really fulfilled its potential as a platformer it just kept hanging around at the fringes for a long long time I like number three Uh, I, I I liked Rayman too I thought Rayman Two was an excellent game, but it was still forever hanging around at the fringes of platformers, and we got overtaken by the likes of you know Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Jack and Daxter, all of those ones. You know, um, even Ratchet and Clank to a degree. Rayman, uh, Ubisoft went then went back to the drawing board and came out with Rayman Origins a couple of years ago, which was a phenomenal game. But Rayman Legends takes everything that Rayman Origins did well and does them not just better, but bigger and bolder and brasher. It is a phenomenal platform game it, 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 it it's everything that you want from a Rayman game the controls are very simple, you've only got the four controls jump, punch, you know hold down the X button to glide and stuff like that um, but it's got that sense of humour that managed to retain that same really you know, tongue in cheek, witty sense of humour that Rayman has always had it's just a little bit Monty Python and a little bit kind of, uh, you know, a little bit mad as well um, you've been asleep for many, many years, and now all the Tweenies are in trouble. And so you have, uh, you know, you the great old sage has sent a, a toad-like thing. I've forgotten his name. Oh, the one that moves things about. For yeah, you, the, the one t- that moves things about for you. He goes to wake you up because the world, uh, you know, the world needs a hero again, and a hero is a rare, man. A guy with no neck, no arms, and no legs. Nothing got like to Cue drawing. the madness. <laughs> Doesn't have to worry about reach. Thing uh, thing is, it gets progress. The levels are designed so that they get more, they get progressively more difficult as you play the game, right? And you, the difficulty level is based on the number of skulls on each level. Okay, but. That's where the magic happens, because you'll find the first few levels... You know, th- There's a learning curve here. You'll find the first few levels are fairly straightforward, but then you start hitting the challenging ones where you have to navigate uh, navigate the level in a certain way. Uh, the musical levels... Dave has played the musical levels. Oh, yeah,
4: I love the Black Betty one. Yeah, it's the Black Betty musical beat, level. Beat perfect on everything.
2: Exactly, and you would never imagine that four simple controls could be made to do so much well when you're playing the music ones it's almost like playing a rhythm game yeah
4: that you get the rhythm right and you start like exactly. you get more success out of it so yeah. like you're playing a platformer that's also a rhythm game
2: exactly it's cool. just the amount of imagination the amount of creativity the poured into this one game is phenomenal um, um now we mentioned the toad thing on the Wii, you you have like a five-player co-op mode. You don't have that on the PS3 or the 360 version. You only have four players. But they've uh, the come up with an elegant solution for the little glowing toad thingy that moves objects around for you. You can just press the circle button, and it'll move them around for you automatically. Um, it's a nice, simple solution to what well, could have been a really naughty problem. It could have been a game-breaking problem. Um, but, uh, yeah... There's also, I mean, if you go online, there's daily challenges. There's also things, uh, you know, there's all leaderboards. There's all sorts of things like that. But there's no actual online cooperative play. It's very much a sit in your living room with your mates, play this game, oh, good, kind of game. Good, good, good. Yeah, it, it, I, and I like that because I could sit with my mates and we can say we can basically just swear at each other as long until the cows come home. I'll just find mad, find humor in the same kind of madness that the game has. I mean, uh, there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of fun you can have with this game, and it's the kind of fun that will appeal to both adults and children. It is a seven rated game, but, you know, it's one of those games that appeals, that will appeal to all ages. Um, I know that everyone thinks that, like, Mario is the king of platformers. Not anymore. Uh, Who is? Rayman. No, Rayman isn't the king yet, but Mario and Sonic better watch their coattails because Rayman's catching up fast. Up there with the best of the year, um, yes. If they, I, I, I'll tell you something, it's definitely at this point it's definitely platform game of the year, right? For me, but it's also a contender for game of the year. Cool. It's different to uh, uh, you know, it's not Tomb Raider or The Last of Us or any of those others by any measure. It's a different. Ty- it's a different type of technical achievement that Ubisoft have done with the Rayman Legends. And I can see a lot of people putting this as their game of the year. Glad to hear it. So, yes. Anyway, Chris, yes. Helsing.
3: It was good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All that anticipation. Uh, no, no. no uh, the Helsing organisation is uh, this anti vampire organisation, and they have two vampires in their employ, but only one at the beginning. This uh, young girl called Victoria, she's a part of the D11 force, and. Uh, Obviously, all the she goes out on a mission, finds out her, part of her group with the D11 have been turned into ghouls, like a type of vampire state. So she has to hunt them down. She ends up getting injured, and uh, the only way to save her life is to turn her into a vampire.
2: And uh, a does that. I Alucard. Know. Alucard. cannot get names. It, it's Dracula backwards. Oh. Oh. So if you if you can't clever. remember his name, just call him backwards Dracula. You think um, it's clever
4: until the seventh time you see it happen. Yeah. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> but there we go. That's the first time I've heard it. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a really enjoyable, fun show. If you really like Blood, Guts, and Gore and uh, Violence, then it's all for you. I'd definitely say follow this. Hmm. Don't watch it in English dub though. Oh. Unless you are eaten and you can't afford to read the screen. Japanese dub is great. I'd say go for it. In mid, does the uh, English dub not work? Oh no, it does work. It just doesn't work for me. It's terrible, is it? I wouldn't say it's terrible. Like, I did list, listen to it, like, the first couple of episodes when I was eating, because that's when I like to watch anime the most. But, you know, once I finished, I put on the Japanese uh, yeah. dub, and well, boom, well, it, it, it increased loads. It got me more... Yeah. What was but, the
2: animation like?
3: like? The animation was great. It, like, it really brought a life the manga to me.
2: Oh, because you read the manga, didn't
1: you? I did. You? I read
3: the manga first. Ah, yes. So, yeah. How does measure How's it measure up to the manga? How does it measure up... Let's say the manga is an eight. This was about a six.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay.
3: That's good in my books.
2: But yeah, but it sounds like they made a few changes I that like, you noticed.
3: Yeah, it's because we were being an episode it's twenty two minutes long, and like yeah. not a chapter. there's only so much. The, like the compact most of it in there. Yeah. Especially with it only being a short series as well. Like it had the potential to do more, and it would have been nice to have seen that. But they chose not to when they only went so much with it. I reckon um, if they made yeah. the episodes last. Like you know, if they like just follow the manga properly and like uh, either candid, make it like, make
2: a longer series or make longer episodes. You like know? the, the overaired forty-five-minute yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah,
3: like exactly. That they were great, the obvious, but yeah, it was a totally enjoyable show, and I reckon everyone should at least give it a go. If you want to put up with the English dub, go ahead. But by all means, Japanese dub.
2: Excellent. Right, uh, I've got two uh, two that are together. Um, this is uh, F, A Tale of Memories and F, A Tale of Mem- Melodies. I'm going to do the two of them together because there's no point in separating them. Mm. Right. Uh, they're both adapted from uh, uh, from the first tale and the latter tale of uh, F, A Fairy Tale of the Two, an adult visual novel written by Mikage and Kagami Yu and released by Minari on PC. Um, A Tale of Memories uh, has Hiro no Hiro, an aspiring shoujo mangaka, in his final year of high school. He meets... Uh, Miyamoto Miyako, when she borrows his bike to chase a thief. He finds her unconscious and his bike ruined, and after making sure she's okay, they spend Christmas Eve together as you do. Um, yeah, Cue the budding relationship, which make, makes Hiro's childhood friend Shindo Ke jealous and leads to the ubiquitous love triangle. Meanwhile, Aso Renji, I said Aso there, um, meets Kei's twin I, sister Chihiro. I was I, I was looking straight at Chris yeah, when I said yeah. that. Um, <laughs> meets Kei's twin sister Chihiro at an, at an abandoned railway station. Uh, another budding relationship begins, but things turn weird when Renji finds out that Chihiro was involved in a car accident when she was younger, and her memory now only lasts 13 hours. All right. Out. Uh, I know a lot of people like F. Um, I also know that Greg Ayres was quite pleased with the fact that he uh, was involved in the English dub of this. I have to say, uh, this is very much a story of two melodramatic halves. Um, F Tale of Memories, that is, sorry, uh, the narrative can become disjointed as the plot flips around from one set of circumstances to another. Um, The plot follows the typical anime progression that's so, uh, you know, of so many, uh, that's plenty of melodrama. Supported by flashes of logical progression and little common sense. Uh, The storyline can sometimes seem to compete with itself in terms of which is more melodramatic and ridiculous. You know, uh, oh, look, it's a love triangle. Oh, so much melodrama. And then, no, her memory only lasts for 13 hours. She's not going to remember me in the morning. More melodrama. You know, which one is the most tragic? And you just kind of think, well, just get on with it. Um, the animation is produced by Shaft they do, They've done nice environments and background effects uh, moving skies, lighting, that sort of thing um, Plenty of quick cuts they've used in this To try and highlight some of this Melodrama um, Character designs by Nanao Naru who, d- who did the female characters And Tusi Galore who did the male characters Tend towards adolescent bishonen and Moe uh, So they will appeal to people Who haven't had their fill of that sort of thing yet um the animation is decent for the most part but there are several examples of corner cutting as well as a few glaring flaws by corner cutting i mean repeated loops of animated sequences there's one right in the first episode when hero is running and if you don't notice it you need your eyes testing um sound and music uh tenmon has done most of the music for the visual novel and he's also had a, uh, you know he's also had a heavy influence here Uh, Background music is sparse in a number of episodes, but the overall variety and choreography is adequate, if it had bland. Some decent audio effects work throughout the series. The script is filled with the kind of dialogue that one might expect from an anime high school romance. Melodrama, lots of tragic language and various things like that. The Japanese dub is superior to the English one for most roles, mainly because of the timbre of the voices and the delivery. But my model enemy, Senpai-san-chan, make another appearance again. Um, The English voice actors appear to struggle at times with their lines. And while Greg uh, and Lucy Christian and Chris Patton uh, do seem to adapt well, the rest of the English cast, they seem to struggle a lot with it. Um, The series tries to ask some interesting questions in the Renji and Chihiro storyline. But these are heavily diluted by yet another love triangle melodrama in the other story line. Much of the development is generic at best. Uh, it's almost as if someone consulted the big book of melodrama, uh, melodramatic character development. The assumptions about teenage behaviour as well, uh, and to- uh, together with the blatant lack of common sense, can become frustrating. And the series may have been better served focusing on the complicated relationship between Renji and Chihiro. Um, and the problems entailed with this shot, with this memory loss. ...rather than the Kei Hero Miyako love triangle thing. It's yet another visual novel adaptation that fails to deliver... ...although it does come close in parts. There's too much going on and it turns, uh, that turns into a serious lack of focus... ...and complete ignorance of what the audience wants. Uh, the director, Anu Mishin, volunteered to do this, by the way. He seems to be relying on the popularity of the visual novel... ...rather than the intelligence of the audience, which is never a good move... Um, you know, it's overall a decent high school melodrama but it suffers heavily from trying too hard to be different and cool it's out now from MVM uh, there are non-dialogue subtitles for science and stuff like that and the extras include the clean, uh, clean opening and closing sequences uh, trailers for Yumeko Mary or Dream Eater Mary, A Toradora Arakawa Under the Bridge, Moritsu Pirates or, sorry, Bordacious Space Pirates, Alien 9 and Dot Hack U Trilogy Melodies on the other hand is uh, a different animal altogether Um, professional musician Kuze Shuichi is friends with Renji and Chihiro from memories and despite the age difference he went to school with the recurring character of Himura Yu he returns to the town that F setting after living in Germany for a while because he is dying from a rare form neurosis more on that in a bit and why it annoyed me it's like the saddest anime ever Uh, yeah Um, he is introduced to Renji's younger cousin Hayama Hayama Mizuki who falls in love with him now, in the past, in the past, because it cuts to the past, Himura Yu is also having having to deal with the return of his youngest sister, uh, Amamiya Yuko, a girl who loves and hates him. Now, again, much of the plot is supposedly setting down the relationship between Shuichi and Mizuki, but the narrative becomes confused and severely broken because the numerous jumps around in time. Once again, the melodrama is the order of the day, and the storyline is very stop start due to the numerous pa- pacing issues throughout the series because of the time jumps again <laughs> shaft have tried to do the same thing with this that they did with memories when it comes to the animation and the design but it doesn't work the second time it was nice the first time because memories came out first then melodies came out second it was nice the first time you see it but you can't use the same trick twice once you know how the trick is done it no longer it's not special anymore. yeah it's not nope. special anymore and that's the problem here shaft had tried doing the same thing again and it just doesn't work uh, uh, you know there is more corner cutting also in this one a lot more than there is actually in Memories. Um, uh, with regards to the Japanese dub, it is again superior for most roles, but the dreaded Senpai Chan sort of thing makes another appearance in the English dub. I'm getting really annoyed with it. Learn your lessons, English uh, uh, English distributors. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Um, the Japanese and the English cast. Uh, that appear in Memories and Melodies are are the same though which is nice to see um, Problem is the characters Nobody seems to question the appropriateness of an adult man and a schoolgirl falling in love with each other Prison Yes um, There's a serious lack of development as well especially for the female characters due to the series inability to stick with or get to the point Overall um, same production team cast cast True, etc. But familiar- familiarity with the subject matter does not breed success. Um, serious failings in the logical progression and narrative structure due to the time jumps, and there's, uh, you know, common sense has become so rare in anime, it might as well be a superpower. Machine um, doesn't seem to understand the mechanics of complex relationships, especially between, you know, people with physical disabilities, mental disabilities, or different ages, even. Um, Memories is a much better series by comparison, but that's mainly because Melodies is little more than average. The subject of relationships with people who are dying has been tackled more effectively and with greater sensitivity in TV's TV and movies. Um, the, it's also out now for MVM and it does have a bunch of trailers for Arakawa Under the Bridge, Moritzu Pirates, Alien 9, and Dot, Dot Hack Trilogy, with the clean opening and ending as the extras. And that's F. A fairy tale of the two. In a nutshell, overall, both series decent melodrama, but it has been de- better done. If you want melodrama, then go watch *Clan After Story*. Arrogant should stick them all in the octagon and fight. *Clan After Story* would win, mm. except for the ending. Anyway, I'm out of breath now. And brave. Yeah. You're Up to date with our reviews, we've got them all. No, no, not quite. We still have a few anime reviews. How uh, many You wanted to, you wanted to do Red Garden, didn't you? Not really. Not really. <laughs> you said you wanted to do it. You lied to me. Yes, I feel, I, d- I feel violated now. You lied. That was my intention. <laughs> <laughs> the rubber glove, 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 the rubber what? <laughs> the rubber glove, but I
1: love. <laughs> Oh. but yes that's it uh, we are back to our normal structure yes we are back week. to double next week are,
2: are we doing our recurring our uh, defining moments but moving to the 90s yes we are going to the 90s next week um, so which means I'm going to have to grow, grow my hair longer again
3: that means I can't play the Backstreet well,
2: Boys that hey? means I can't play the Backstreet Boys at the
3: right time, <laughs> time as when it was meant to be <laughs> oh damn shame. I such a thing of another Backstreet Boys song that came out in the 90s such a shame um, with
4: some of the 90s yeah
2: A lot of it. If you head over to the website, you'll find that the logo competition is up, the post. Uh, It is going to run for the entirety of September. We will be adding more prizes to the list. So get your designs in. The rules are very, very simple. And we look forward to seeing what you guys come up with.
1: Yes, thanks for listening as ever. And uh, check out thegeekshow.co.uk. But until next week, peace. Bye.